The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today we got a special episode for you dropping early this week. Why? Because we all here on this screen have played the medium, and we are excited to talk about it with you. Of course, joining me is my Kind of Funny X-Cast co-host, Paris Lilly. Paris, what's good with it, my guy? Bucks are in the Super Bowl. I'm I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we get a moment to celebrate and a big win right there in the football world. And exciting to see them go up against the young goats. That is Patrick Mahomes and the team. So very excited. My man, you, Patrick Mahomes. You know it now. My homie. But I like to call him the one, the only Mr. Tim Gettys joining us on his X-Cast debut. What up, Tim? Let Tim host. You'll love it. Brand new show for me to come in and, and ruin. So this is, but at least I get new, a new light combo going on to, to match the look of the show. So pretty happy about that. But also I'm happy to be here. Very proud of you boys for making the show what it's been. So let's do some magic. Very nice touch, Tim. And of course, the trending gamer, the CEO, the man, the myth, the legend, gruesome Greggy. What's going on, Greg Miller? How are you? Not much snowbike, Mike. I'm great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Get to talk Xbox with you, which is a very nice treat for me. You know, know, that's something special. I love that. It's yeah, it's a dream come true. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Here you are ready (laughs) to apologize after everyone on the X cast set you straight about the dual sense. Everyone in the comments (laughs) says it's not that you can't love your Xbox. It's not that you can't love this beauty of a controller, but to sit there and call the dual sense terrible to say it feels like a Fisher Price toy. And I know we're going to talk about this review. You want to talk about people. What are they trying to prove with the rumble in this game? (laughs) Why is the rumble so goddamn intense in this game? Everything. (laughs) You climb up anything. You step over anything. (laughs) (laughs) Portillo's waking up. I can't wait to talk about that with you. So save that point because that is funny and it is true. But let's jump into some quick housekeeping news. Of course, this is the kind of funny X cast. It posts each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, best coast time on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe. Of course, today, something a little bit different for y'all. A little hands-on experience with the medium so we're bringing out a brand new episode of course remember to go subscribe to the channel youtube.com slash kind of funny games like the video share it with your friends and if you're on podcast services leave a review because we'd love to hear your feedback finally today's episode of the kind of funny x cast is sponsored by express vpn freshly and me undies but we'll get into that a little bit later guys welcome in let's talk about it we have got to play the medium the hot new game over here on the xbox side coming from Bloober team, and it's actually a pretty special one. It's the first Xbox Series X, S, and PC exclusive, right? It's not coming to the older generations. Current gen, next gen, the whole talk. We know that. It's not coming on the one, so it's a big deal here. Let's go around the room and just give our initial thoughts on what everybody thought. Did you like it? Did you not? 
What were some of the top-down thoughts? Paris, you're my co-host. Why don't you kick it off for me? I liked it. I didn't love it. I think this... I, I wouldn't even classify this a triple-A game. This feels more like a quote-unquote double-A game. Um, yep. I, you know, comp like I literally rolled credits as we <laughs> jumped in <laughs> to record this, so it's fresh in, in my brain. It was enjoyable, but it feels like a one-off thing for me. Like, I played it. I'm good. All right, let's move on to something else. Yeah, I like those thoughts right there, Paris. I'll actually quickly jump in and just echo that, right? I feel the same way. I did not love this game. I actually enjoyed this game, right? When I look back on it, this is one of those games for me personally in my life right now that I'm kind of looking for. I'm looking for that weekend game where you can beat it in two or three nights. You can enjoy it with a friend on the couch hanging out. And I think it definitely struck some chords in the horror genre for me that I really liked. But there was a lot of parts here, and I think Greg is going to talk about how I kept pestering him all the time, how I was just <laughs> frustrated and hated so many moments. But all in all, I liked it, didn't love it. Very similar to Paris right there. Greg Miller, why don't you tell me what your thoughts were? I think the medium is the latest, greatest example of why Xbox Game Pass is so great. The medium does the thing that I personally hate when someone tries to sell you a game. But for me, it was... You got to play up until here and it's kind of disjointed. You don't know. But then this thing happens. And from there on out, you're in. And yeah, it's a couple hours, but blah, 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 blah. That's how I felt. There is a, a point. And this is not a spoiler. There's a spoiler free review, right? But if you're not feeling it, get to where you sit in the wheelchair. Because when I sat in the wheelchair and what happens next, that's when I literally, Jen had been watching me play and she was like, I'm going to go to bed do you want to stop? Like, do you think you're close to beating it? Cause I want to see what happens. I'm like, Oh no, I still got a bunch of achievements. She's like, okay. And the next morning she's like, what did I miss? I'm like, well, bad news. As soon as you left, it got really good. And that's how I felt about the game. There's plenty of shortcomings. Paris, you nail it. This is a double a game. This is filling in that mid tier game between the Indies, between the triple a that we don't see much anymore. And with that lens on it, right? Like I was playing it and you know, Bluebird team, I was thinking more of Blair Witch, but it's funny because I was playing, I'm like, man, I'm getting so many pings of, I can see the influences of Layers of Fear. And then, of course, they made Layers of Fear, and I completely forgot that they were the developer. <laughs> it's Layers of Fear. You can see these parts of control in there. There's all these different yep. things they're doing that the more I played, the more I liked it. And so, yeah, it is one of those games that I finished, and I'm night and day from where I was when I first started it. Because when I first started, there was that moment of like, oh, is this even worth my time? And okay. with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly where I am with the, the medium. Uh, I don't think it's worth my time. I, I put about an hour and a half into it, and I know that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, classic Tim. It's like classic. The, Tim. the fact of the matter is for me, it's like I I, I played it right after I played uh, the Maiden, the Resident Evil Village sure, kind sure. of tech demo. And that straight up is, I forgot what they even called it, but it was like a, a visual demo demonstration or something like that uh that wasn't like the exact gameplay of resident evil 8 but it was more like hey here's like a, a preview of how it's going to look and how it's going to like the, the atmosphere and vibe of it and that was 10 minutes and i enjoyed those 10 minutes significantly more than any 10 minutes of the hour and a half i played of the medium uh with the exception of the opening credits I thought that when those hit, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm actually way more interested in this than I than I thought. I was like, I'm going to keep going. And I feel like it kind of right after that went back to being like a very weird game to me, which is a classic 
RE game. Like this feels like a code Veronica, but it's 2021 and it looks gorgeous except the character model. The character model always kind of fell off to me. And it's weird because everything around it looks next gen and, and very much is like, damn. And uh, Paris, what you're saying about the double A game thing, it's like, I just can't believe we're at a point that double A games can look this fantastic. Like this is the team that made layers of fear. Good for them, man. They are coming yeah. up and they they are definitely capable of of making something look amazing and you know kind of back it up with the the fears and stuff as we've seen in layers of fear. I didn't get far enough in this to kind of see that. And I think that the the hook of it wasn't strong enough to make me ever want to go back, specifically because the hour and a half I played was extremely frustrating. I, I didn't like moving around. Uh the cardinal sin of doing the thing where we don't let your character run where it's like, we need to just kind of walk around and it's like supposed to set the the story and the immersion factors for you. Right. Uh, but the problem with that is I love when, when characters do that, when it's a character talking to another character and it's like backstory you're actually interested in, or it's like, there's a, a lot of interesting visual things happening around you when you're walking around really, really constrained tight uh, buildings in a, legitimately og isometric view like resident evil style it almost feels like um i'm blanking on the the name of the the, the phrase right now but like when the background pre-rendered backgrounds like yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of, of that a lot where uh you're kind of going around you're kind of bumping into things awkwardly and for me i'm like so taken out of it where i'm like you're not allowing me to run because you don't want it to break the immersion but now my immersion's broken because my character's a doofus bumping into things walking around like a tank you know uh, and then on top of that, like the puzzles, you can run that we got sometimes. Through. Well, then, but then eventually, but it took way too long to, to be able to do that. You are correct. And then, Just saving you even, from the comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's all I'm saying though is like it, it takes way too long to even get to a point of the game not being frustrating to play. Like that, that to me was kind of the big thing. Paris, go for it. I, I, I think what Greg said is kind of for anyone that's coming into this one to play it. It's the wheelchair without spoiling anything get to the wheelchair moment and and i'm with you greg i hate that you have to say that yeah. with the game but it is definitely a slow burn so so tim i totally get it because i probably would be done too if i only played it for an hour and a half a couple hours right but what was the was the wheelchair thing do you think worth playing the game for like from that point I, on? i do i do because and and i also that's why i said double a at first because i set my ex expectations accordingly going into this going look this isn't some big budget triple a game I like I like the team that made this. I feel like there's going to be some immersion there and let's see where the story goes. I feel like the wheelchair moment is where it clicked as far as the where I got interested in the story yeah. and it made hmm. the gameplay loop tolerable because I'm I'm not a huge Ooh. fan of it. I I thought it was okay. I I definitely by the time I got to the end of it was very used to that gameplay loop. I wish they would have mixed it up a little bit more because I kind of really started getting it and really just going through things pretty pretty quickly there towards the end but um i i think for what the game is i i, I enjoyed it like like i said i i think the one john one game you didn't mention greg was i i got alan wake vibes from this totally. as well totally um i would even say you know kind of like with the upside down from stranger things i got a vibe of that as oh, well yeah, and I wish, definitely definitely i really wish we would have explored that more in the game and that but, was part of it, yeah. right? Like to what you're saying. And again, for even the wheelchair and after it, like 
I feel like the game in the beginning is just a shotgun approach of a whole bunch of stuff where it's mm-hmm. like character stuff, a little bit of background, but not that much. You're she's clearly telling someone the story that's happened. All right, you're into the the spirit world, which is completely bizarre to us, but completely mundane to her. And it's like, what? How does this work? And yet, and like later on, uh, you know, a, uh, one of the characters when the, you're in the spirit world makes a reference of like this being their world like oh so this is like i'm going into individual heads at times or at least in that like there's so many rules i don't understand about the world but it does not it doesn't solidify but it makes more sense after the wheelchair in a way that i'm like okay i like i wasn't in it for the story of marianne the character we play as until the wheelchair part until i was like oh okay and even you know when we were playing it jen made a, a really apt statement i think of just like this character marianne is great because she's not afraid she's not the damsel in distress like this is her world she exists in it she's been able to go between she knows what you know she's going to see ghosts like when you're introduced her in the game and your powers it is very much like this is what i do i'm a medium i help people get to the other side like she's i it's a weird thing where i was playing it expecting it to be horror and in my face and trying to scare me and yada yada and there are jump scares in it and i think you know there's a bunch of unsettling things and some bosses and stuff but mary never what the hell's going on ah like you know right, panicking right. cowering a corner it was very much like i know my abilities i know what's going on i need to get out of here and do this thing and i'm gonna own this guy at the end like the way she makes people pass sometimes is dope yeah she was okay. a badass character to get behind and it's interesting you guys keep bringing up the wheelchair for me the setting and the tone clicked right after the title splash and you pull up to the first resort that's when i was like all sure. right i'm in and yeah the story did not start to really wrap up tight for me until the wheelchair and actually till the end for me i was kind of lost the whole time of like what is happening who are these people right because you not only is the gameplay a little frustrating with the re controls with the tank and the fixed camera it's like you get lost in sometimes and i was reaching out to greg of like what is this puzzle what am i missing and he would say oh you can't see that and i honestly greg i couldn't see that right greg is like there's a door pad with numbers and you'll see the fingerprints on them I'm two feet from the screen. And I couldn't even see those fingerprints. And I was panicking. I was getting all uptight. <laughs> and so it's like, then all of a sudden the story starts to get out of my brain because I'm like, how do I get sure, out of this area? Sure. I'm getting frustrated and I'm not having fun anymore. But like that first part, when you first show up at the resort in through all that before the wheelchair, I really enjoyed that section, right? I like setting the tone, getting unsettled by the scary enemies, the different jumping back and forth between worlds. I thought the setting was really, really cool in this game. So I have to say, I had that frustrate moment that you're saying. I know the part that you're talking about, but I had it way earlier in the game. And I'll just say without spoiling, it had to do with manipulating time. Okay. Yeah, I I know exactly one. Yeah, I did everything that you're supposed to do. And I'm like, I'm not advancing. And I go, well, what the hell's going on? Why can't I? What am I missing? And I'm backtracking and then I'm reversing time for all this stuff. (laughs) And it turned out to be the most dumbest thing ever that i was missing for something that i thought i did so that was a little frustrating where i not that they needed to make it easy but it was like a puzzle it was basically a puzzle element and i solved the puzzle but you were really nitpicky on this Mm, little thing and and it just it it made it frustrating in in that part you know i think since geez the early days of my gaming career, right? Like I get performance anxiety in those situations where it's like, is this like you're playing a game? Do I have to write this down? Do I have to do where I have this blah, blah, blah. And yeah. what I enjoyed about this is that I, I, you know, the part Mike, one of the parts Mike got stuck at what you're talking about Paris. And then another one where 
I just had to check a, a, a bed a bit more thoroughly, we'll say. And it was very much like yeah. I had those moments of like, what the fuck does it want me to do? But in the same breath, for me personally, I, I was like, hats off to Bluebird because they've set the rules. Like I knew, like I can't go back. So I know the answer is in there was one room in particular where it was like a wall blew out. There was, a, you know, a desk. There was a reel-to-reel projector over here, and the two doors were locked. And I had been in that room already. So my first thought, and this is totally the, you know, PTSD of cyberpunk. I'm like, it's bugged. It's bugged. I'm not going to be able to advance. It's bugged. But it was instead. I wandered around for 15 minutes, checking everything, and then starting to use my insight. And in, you know, which is, you know, you hold left bumper, and you kind of get like detective vision on certain things, or get to see things you can interact with or supernatural elements. And I was able to find it in a drawer I hadn't checked, and I was like. I actually had that relief. Like I actually had like the, ah, oh, man, that feels good that I solved this puzzle. Like the little things that happen or, you know, finding the electrical box that doesn't work, but you know, you need to go over to the spirit world to get it to go. But then in the same breath, there's a couple that are just like, there was one, I think I, I think I texted you this Mike, right? Where I was like, it's going to happen. I think, but I'm like nine times out of the 10, you're overthinking it. Just don't overthink yep. it. Cause there was yep. one thing where yep. it was literally, you have to, uh, you know, again, you can go between the worlds. I was expecting, and this is my own, you know, not knowing too much about the medium. I was expecting you to be able to go between the real world and the spirit world whenever you wanted. Me too. Yep. And it is, yep. it isn't that. It is very much like there's a lot of times you're playing in split screen where you're controlling the character in two different planes at the same time and you have to figure it out. Uh, there's sometimes where you just jump over to one or the other. You can also, when you're in the split screen mode, you can hold down B to then go have an out of body experience, but you only have a limited amount of time before your body, your, your spirit body decomposes or whatever and comes back. So there's one there where it was like, there was a bad, inf- a big bad in front of us. And I say us because Jen, Jen's watching me intently as I play this. And it was like, I know I need to get over there. I know I need to do this thing. But like the way they had set it up, there's they're, they're stealth in this game, a couple oh. different ways. There's stealth in the rig. Yeah, I know. We'll get to that. I'm sure in a second. <laughs> oh. There's regular stealth. There's it was spirit world stuff. And I was trying to do all stuff. And I just kept getting caught. I just kept getting caught. And this fucking game, it, its checkpoints are not great. And so it was that I kept getting caught, which meant I'd reload in and I'd have to hear the guy monologue again. And oh. then I'd get caught and I'd have to hear him monologue. And I was like, oh my, come on. You know what I mean? And finally I was, Jen's like, well, what if you, and I'm like, I am over, we are overthinking this. And like, it loaded up right in the spear body. Just run like an idiot. <laughs> That's what I wanted me to do. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Tim, I think- you brought up you brought up the uh, the the spirit world and how it would mostly come up in like split screen and stuff. That's yeah. from my experience of playing the game. It, I was shocked that it wasn't as seamless of a whatever you want flip between the two worlds thing. It yeah. was more you're introduced to this, and then it was almost entirely split screen unless it was like a cutscene kind of telling you stuff. Uh, are there cool implementations throughout the game of the spirit world stuff, or is it all kind of just like, hey, here's two different versions of the same thing, but you ever only ever really need to focus on one of them? There's one section where I felt they really pulled off the split screen mode where you're in the real world and the spirit world at the same time. And I'm like, okay, this kicks ass. I like this yeah. because it was, there was some great you know, problem solving elements where you have to do one thing simultaneously. Then you do the out of body experience and to go get the thing and come back. But I wanted more of that. 100% I thought, Paris. I thought yeah. that was the great part of the medium that they just didn't do enough of, which ironically enough is why it's not on the Xbox One or the PlayStation right. 4 because that's where it's mm. taking advantage of the SSD drive. And I, I don't know, 25% of the game maybe, if that? 
if that yeah yeah totally. if that not that much that because i'm right there with you tim of where where you are in the game and why you don't want to go or keep necessarily keep playing where yeah like when it was i started it up i'm like i'm gonna be able to go between these worlds oh i'm not i'm just walking around and seeing things and getting you know half of every environment i'm in that kind of sucks. And then, like, you advance, you advance. And then once you're, again, and I hate to keep it, <laughs> after the wheelchair, it opens up a bit more. And it's less about the split screen. It's more about being one or the other. There still are split screen things. But, yeah. again, that's when it actually gives you the flow. I think that section you're in right now, Tim, is so many different ideas and gameplay mechanics of trying to get it on the totally. table that you don't get a vibe for what this game actually is. Yeah. Absolutely. It, I'm definitely, it's clear that I'm still in that kind of tutorial stage of them like throwing everything little by little, which is why the the puzzles are like so, so simple of, okay, cool. It's split screen. You need to get the power to this thing. Clearly hit the power, hit the same area in the spirit world and it'll activate yeah. that thing. We get yeah. it. We know. And and that to me is like the, the funny thing about the game is that we've done all this stuff before. So it, I, I'm interested that it needs to be such a, a long kind of teaching the player how to play this stuff because it very, this game very much for what I played, it feels like a Japanese survival horror game that is made by Western developers. And it kind of comes with everything that that means, which is a lot of the Western style, having to walk around and hit X a lot, hoping you find the right thing to, to oh. activate, to give you a sentence that you're like, okay, now I know what to do. Right. But it's like, that's not fun. It's just like kind of things to do. But the, the Japanese side of it is it, this game very much reminds me of the prettiest PS2 horror game of all time. Like I'm getting, I got a lot of like fatal frame two vibes from it. Mm -hmm. of just, especially when like, there's like some forest scenes you're in and like the way that you can use the, uh, the, the sense, I forget what the name of it is, but like insight. the insight to be able to like follow footsteps and stuff. I was like, this is very fatal frame and like there are elements of it that could be cool. But again, when traversal is not fun <laughs> and it's like, not every game needs to be fun, but moving but around shouldn't be frustrating. The one thing, you know, you're, you're nailing so much about it and to say, you know, it's the prettiest PS2 game or whatever, right? Like there was a moment where I just, I'm playing and I turn to Jen. I'm like, when as a video game industry are we all going to admit to ourselves balance beams are not enjoyable traversal ever, oh, like ever. stop putting in there and it's making it slow down like make it just put an animation for hopping across the sliding against the wall shit like it's all the stuff that yeah like again this game i think succeeds and i enjoy it but it's like there's so many things that are so out of time just like it does feel like this is a uh, xbox series uh version of a ps2 game of that kind of caliber of that kind of uh magnitude it's weird but, but with that greg you actually brought up something that i that i totally forgot about that is like one of the early things that happened in this game is her going like getting through a, a corridor and having to like squeeze through and it's like we just spent the last three years talking about that being the difference of next gen that's what hides <laughs> like, loads yeah that hide and it's like and it, it's just such a weird thing like i know that that's not always going to be the case and sometimes it's not to hide anything it's yeah. to actually fit the story and actually you know move things forward but it it felt so bizarre to it's not that like i was misadvertised this game like it's just i get i didn't look too much into it i i saw the stuff at the xbox when they first did the, the event announcing it and yeah, all yeah. that. And like when we saw it, like we all got the same vibe that we'd be able to go between the worlds more freely. And that was mm -hmm. the power of the SSD and all that. So to then get into this game, not have that, instead have it be split screen and also see a freaking quarter in the first like 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a weird and Xbox Series X debut, but okay. And I want and I want to double back to something you said earlier on, Tim, that is going to be, I think, 
so not polarizing, but it's going to give mixed messages. I think when people see screenshots of this game is that this game can look gorgeous. Gorgeous. And this game can be, if you know you can't animate smoke, why is she smoking? Oh, <laughs> smoking. No, no more smoking. Oh, man, you're like, they, they make such a big deal of zooming, and you're like, oh, this looks terrible in this <laughs> cutscene. Like, stop, go wide, do anything else. Like, the acting and the storytelling and the cinematography, cool. You're not nailing it from a presentation point, so why yeah. do it? But then, yeah, yeah, I'll be walking in the woods outside the resort like you're talking about, Mike, right? Or be in a, like, no spoilers, like the last environment, right? And it's like, holy shit, this looks awesome. Like, this looks great. But then, yeah, you'll have these moments where you're like, oh. Yeah, I, I, I think another thing that they they didn't quite nail were the echoes because it, clearly they're they're prevalent throughout the game as, as you're discovering things and they're being used to kind of fill the gaps of the story to kind of give you the background of everything that's been going on. Paris Lily, for somebody listening or watching right now, what is an echo in this game? <laughs> an echo is a a basically a, an audio book from the past from told from that person's point of view or character's point of view so you hear something from the past. Yeah. But I don't think they pulled it off because I feel like you could play this game, not give a shit one time about an echo and you're still going to advance through it and get to the end. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it, they, they present it as if it's a requirement, but really it's just a supplemental thing in, yeah. in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, so I'm actually on the other side of the echoes. I really enjoyed the echoes. And I think maybe it was because I had the headphones on and I was really giving it a full try. Uh-huh. like, let's dive deep into this. But I do agree. They mean nothing, right? Like another perfect example, I'll go back to the doorway with Greg here. I listened to every echo in that room (laughs) and I'm like, where is this door code? There's no door code on any of these echoes, any of these pieces of paper. And I'm like, Greg, where's the door code? I'm typing in an anniversary date. I'm typing in when a watch was made. I'm typing in a baby's birthday. I'm everywhere on this code (laughs) right now from all these echoes. And it is not part of the echo. So it's, I agree with you, Paris. It's like, there is no point to do these echoes unless you really want to dive deep and, you know, be part of this story, I guess. But I did enjoy the echoes because it made me, it set the tone for me, right? It just continued to build that world for me. So I liked yeah. it, but they meant nothing in the long run. Yeah, I, I guess I would also say the audio is fantastic. Absolutely wear headphones when you when you play this. Yeah. I think I think the, the sound in this is really good. It's very, the atmosphere and, and everything that they're trying to, you know, purvey as you're going through the game is great. Um, it's just this is why it's a double A game, I guess you could say. There's just these little things that, oh man, I wish they could have done that a little better. I wish they could yeah, have the, done this. You know, you know the echoes you're talking about, right? Like it's the yeah, yeah. The echoes are the items I find, right? And I spin them around, and then I find a little crack on them, and then it plays an audio diary for it. Then on top of that, there's memory shards, which you go through and reconstruct a scene of just right, yeah. again, we like energy, people's energy there having a conversation, and I thought. The storytelling in all of them was cool. And again, I think as you start the game and get going, especially after it popped a trophy, or I'm sorry, popped an achievement. I apologize. apologize. Yeah, apologize. achievement, that's achievement. That's get it right. That's on me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, all love and respect to Phil Spencer. Um, <laughs> when I popped the achievement, it was like, you know, beat whatever this bad guy was. I'm like, oh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm not actually, I don't have to worry about combat. I don't have to, you know, it, it became more of, okay, cool. I am just exploring the environment and collecting these things and getting the data. But to both points i guess right like so much of the storytelling is great but then it and i think it influences the world and what's going on and especially around the wheelchair thing especially everything i was getting there i was like wait a second is this 
is this going the way I think it's going? Because that's that's serious to ta- tackle all of a sudden. And it was, and it was great. But then it was also the idea that you're playing through it. And I was in the same basement and I was doing the same thing you were, Mike, where I was going through all my notes and I'm like, oh, they referenced this birthday. Clearly, this is it. And it was like, eh, eh. I was like, oh, man. it's weird because they, they, I mean, they wrote it European style, right? Where it's, you know, date first, then month. So I'm like, yes. hey, I'll do a North American style. Eh, eh. And I was like, what? And I went out and finally I, I was doing the same thing you're talking about where I wandered around and I like incited on it and I saw the three numbers and I'm like, I guess it's got to be a year. And I just got it. I'm like, I don't know what the significance of this year was. <laughs> like I had gone through everything. I don't know why this is the year, but cool. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. See these type of puzzles. Uh, and this just comes back to like, at the end of the day, like I just don't like this type of game in 2021. And I think mm. that the, the most, the easiest thing to compare it to is something like resident evil, because they have similar puzzles like this over time, those puzzles have changed. And even with sure. the resident evil remakes, like, they, they have simplified some of them. They've made some of them a bit more fun or, or modern. But the biggest thing is for these type of almost adventure game puzzles where it's like you don't exactly know what you need to do, but you're in a room and it's like you need to, in the right order, find certain things and it'll like mm-hmm. unlock the dialogue trees to keep going. I feel like when you don't feel clever for figuring it out, like that is the biggest issue because that's sure. what the hook is of the gameplay itself. The gameplay is figuring out the puzzle. When you figure out the puzzle, you should feel like you did something that isn't just walking around hitting X until something happens, right? And so for you guys, for you talking about this, the the keypad thing, and it's like, so all of the game taught you that it should have been the echoes, but it wasn't. You know, it was just, oh, there's some fingerprints on the keypad. It's like, that kind of falls apart for me where it's like, well, then what's the point of this game? Because it feels like the, the it should be the gameplay. You know what I mean? I do right? feel that like we're just calling out this one thing. And yeah, I, 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 there's plenty of other puzzles or things of like, oh, you see the bolt cutters over there. I'm like, oh, well, I know they're in the spirit world. Oh, I got to get them this way. And it, eventually when I worked my way around, I was like, all right, that was clever. How to figure out a clever door, how to figure this out or how to get okay, to a, a power box later on. I'm just in the same vein of like, yes, in this very specific incident, it was like, I feel like, I'm doing a great job of remembering. And like, it's when I saw that date, I'm like, that's going to be important. Came back. That's yeah, not right, important. Yeah. I don't know. That's a very specific example. Well, I, I would even say in that scenario, I'm trying to be careful to not spoil anything. The, the puzzle that you do right before the number pad thing, is about you remembering where shit is. And then yeah, oh yeah. you don't do that. So it's like, but, but I just did it over here. Why am I not doing it over here? And yeah. I, and I know I sound like I'm complaining a little bit about the game, but, Another thing that stood out to me was you'd walk, say you walk into a room, you totally understand the puzzle and what it is to do. And because you maybe think two steps ahead of what the game is asking you to do, you can't go do that thing. So mm, then you're, you're basically mm. scanning the room to find the other two things that you already figured out on your own anyway. Sure. It's, the game's not allowing you to just solve the puzzle if you know how to get to the end result. Yeah, yeah I, I had a very similar moment. And I actually put the puzzle solving in the meh category for me because I really enjoyed that they had a bunch of puzzles in there. It reminded me of the Resident Evil games. Like, I was looking forward to, we're going to another puzzle. We're going to do this. And I think the cameras and the control really played a factor into that yeah. of me disliking that. It was very difficult with the tank controls and the camera constantly switching to enjoy the puzzles and to really navigate what they needed from me. But there was a couple moments, like Paris said, where I was in a classroom and I found this person's name because, of course, you are the medium. You are the ferry driver to get these people away, so you have to know their name. I knew this person's name four steps ahead of time, and it would not let me move forward. I had the person's mask. I was ready to go. 
And I had to backtrack all the way. Oh, I had wow. to retrace my steps. And it was really, really bad where I was like, no, I know this person's name. You've made it simple for me. But you have to click X on this. Go over there. Click X on that one again. Go over there. Make sure she gives you the dialogue piece. Click X again. And it was like, I already knew this person's name. You guys drew it out for me. I made that jump. And it was unfortunately there. But I, I am glad of how many puzzles they put in there. A lot of the gameplay elements ruined the puzzles for me when I look back on it. It made it very frustrating and difficult to figure out. One thing I want to toss out too while we're talking about it too. I was pleasant in the pleasantly surprised category. Again, these kind of games, when we start getting into it, I'm like, okay, I understand what's going on. I did have at least a moment, specifically I think in two of the issue, or, uh, environments, where I was like, fuck, am I going to have to backtrack? I, you know, it wasn't that I missed something like you're talking about, Mike. Just in general, the layout of it. Am I going to have to backtrack? And I was pleasantly surprised how things usually looped around, where there would then be the mm. shortcut back to where I was to then move on. You know, If I did A and B, I could get to C faster than if I had to go all the way back to A. Uh, earlier we were talking about like how this game is really beautiful, but the character and the smoke and the animations, like some of the things are just off that are so weird because the rest of it is so so gorgeous on the audio side I, I think there's a very similar thing where it sounds so good and for a game like this like for a game that is you know kind of marketed as a horror game of some sort right you mm -hmm. audio matters so much they even when you start the game yeah. they straight up say wear headphones like they they understand what this is it is a hellblade similar experience to an extent uh but something that i think that they really messed up is the vibrations which are so tied into audio and the audio experience where holding a controller in your hands when it's vibrating when tension put into audio for a horror game it essentially is acting as a subwoofer in your hands and it's supposed to enhance the feel of sound for your entire uh playthrough and this game is just constantly vibrating like yeah, at all times so there's no sense of rhythm there's no sense of pacing of of fears or build up or tension it and takes that you is out of it it takes you out of it and and it, yeah. and it distracts you from how scary this sounds and how how you know immersive the whole thing should be and it's like that it's weird to me that they're on both the audio and video sides of things there's kind of like one major detractor from an otherwise exemplary experience I, I really enjoyed the audio and I think it does a great job. Like we talked about with the headphones of it sets the tone. It always yeah. keeps you on your toes. There's sounds all around that gave me goosebumps throughout it. Right. But there's a couple moments here when you shift into the spirit world and she has kind of like the migraine headache where she's about yeah. to shift hard. She screamed so loud where I'm like, who is putting this mixing going on right now? Like what is <laughs> happening here? And that happens. That doesn't happen once. That happens like five times throughout the games. But I'm like, oh my God, turn it down just a little bit. And it was pretty odd to be like, man, this audio is so good. I love all these moments. And then just this hellish scream in my ear that was totally off and not right with the tone. But I will want to give a big sh shout out to the whole game you play. And there's like, there's not much music going on, right? There's some nice mm -hmm. little moments. But at the end there, I turned on a radio and this song came on and it was scary as can be. It set the tone for me right at the end. Yeah. And it followed me everywhere I went down in this corridor. And I loved every moment of that. I was like, okay, this is really creepy. And I like this a lot. So it, it, they did it was a good the job same thing that. for me. And again, back to the, all the comparisons, you feel this, like they did that. And like that goes throughout pretty much the end of the game. Right. It, it, at least music, musically uh, and thematically. And as soon as I finished, I was like, man, I really want to play control. Cause it's kind of yeah. like that yeah. of like, you know, yeah, control yeah. and you like, let's do it. You put on the music and you go, I was like, Oh man. And like, there's so many different comparisons and vibes. And I was, you know, I've been talking to Lucy James from GameSpot about it. And I was like, 
you know, it's double A and that, you know, that comes with a whole bunch of misses and some hits and, you know, all these different things. But I was like, if you would have sight unseen given me this with no background and told me, hey, this is a spinoff of the control universe, I would have been like, oh, I get it. Like, I can see that, right? I feel, and I think that vi- it vibes with it. And that's a cool vibe that I'm glad we're getting more of. And again, I'm glad that it, it caught me by surprise in a bunch of different ways, good and bad. But it caught me by surprise in the way of like, no, no, this isn't us trying to layers of fear you. This isn't the jump scare. This is very much like you are in a scary place. There are threats to you. But for the most part, it is wandering around at your leisure exploring stuff. And then when yeah. you do have to run from monsters, it's not that fun. Yeah. <laughs> when but- you do have to stealth for monsters, it's not that fun. <laughs> Let's take a moment and talk. Oh, go Paris. Go for it. Oh, no, no. Because I wanted to bring this up before I forget, just from a technical standpoint of playing this game. um, I was able to play it on PC, Series X, and Series S. And I purposely did all three just across via saves. And uh, pretty seamless experience, you know, with, with the play anywhere. It's, you know, cloud saves that are happening. But ironically enough, it loads the fastest on the Series S. (laughs) <laughs> of, of, of the three <laughs> ironically enough but um but played fine controlled controlled great on all three um no issues i did have a couple crashes one time on the x and a couple times on the pc where it just randomly crashed like for mm-hmm. no reason but you know hey it's still not out yet there could be a patch potentially but you know just fyi on stuff like that yeah, for me, uh, the only downfall is I had I had some visual problems where the screen would start scratching up and I would get different areas that turn in different colors. And I was like, is this part of it? But then <laughs> as it continued right. to happen, I was like, all right, this is definitely not part of it. Her face is now red and black all of a sudden. It doesn't look right. So I didn't have any problems besides that, which was very impressive to see. I did want to switch it over. You know, Greg touched on it here. There is a big baddie, right, that's chasing you around in a number of sections. And for me, the stealth the stealth that they wanted to add along with this camera and right. tank controls became a nightmare to play. And I had moments where I got stuck in situations where I died 10 times in a row. And I want to give a big shout out. It's a double-edged sword here. The loading times are fast on this. It does feel fast and quick. But at the same time, when you die over and over again in the same section 10 times in a row, those loading times don't feel as fast as they should be, right? We've played games where it's instant and you're right back to it. This one takes about... I would say anywhere from five to 10 seconds. And if you add that up, like I was in these poorly stealth designed games, it, it really downfalled the game for me, which I didn't like at all. It was heartbreaking to see. Hmm. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, since what crash bandicoot on PS one, I've hated running at the camera. And so like they do it a couple times and they do, you know, especially in one section, they flip it right away to the backside. Uh, so you're running away from it. Uh, but still it would be like, this weird thing of you'd turn a corner and then you'd run straight and then, then it would grab you. And I was like, Oh, you're supposed to like, there's a lot of in these sections there, they design them as trial and error Mm -hmm. so that you'd have to remember when you go right immediately turn left. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's not fun. And the same thing for the stealth, right? Where it's like, I even hazard to call it stealth because it's like two or three sections where you have to sneak around the big bad. And it's like, okay, get down low and do it. I thought it was cooler in the spirit or wait, I might be having it backwards. When it's cooler in the real world where you have to hold your breath. Like that I liked as a mechanic better than trying to stay out of the eye, eye line of them or whatever. Yeah, I didn't yeah, like I, I, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, go go for it, Paris. No, I was just going to agree with Greg that I, I agree. When you were doing the stealth in the real world, that felt better than when you're in the spirit world where, yeah, I like, like you're saying, th- there were times where I just felt like I just kept dying over and over. 
And it was like, wait, was I supposed to not? Oh, I'm just supposed to just run as soon as yeah, I load in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it was odd. I think the biggest one for me was the camera that played into that stealth factor, right? Like, I clearly understood I'm supposed to hide from this big baddie, but I can't see his sight line with yeah. that third person fi fixed right. perspective. I'd be in a classroom and he would be one way, but he's clearly looking at me, but I can't tell that. And I'm like, which way am I supposed to go here, left or right? And it's a lot of waiting as well. I noticed after the fifth or sixth attempt, you might as well just sit there and wait it out. And then he's going to walk one way and you'll follow him the other you'll way. You'll figure out, yeah, and you I figure out his like pattern. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing too. Again, where, you know, uh, it feels like a callback to older horror games in good ways and bad ways, right? It's or It's just, he has a set path. And so, like, you know what I mean? It's very much when he goes left, if you make your move right, you're going to avoid his sight line and get out of it. Also, you know, everybody know who, who plays the big baddie, the Maw? You know who plays him? You know who plays him? Troy oh. Baker. Huh, no course. way. Yeah. Well, he was yelling, I want to wear your skin suit a lot yeah. of me, and I didn't it like that. So shout me. out to him. It begins with me, whatever line was. And, it, like, when we finished <laughs> it, and he was in the credits, and me and Jen were just like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Go get him, Bloober, but it's like, why would you pay for Troy Baker and modulate his voice into all hell? Like, it's just anybody could have been that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think the Metacritic score will be for this? Oof. Or it doesn't even need to be Metacritic. What, 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 what are the reviews going to be? Seven. I would say six to seven for me. Six yeah, to seven, I would say right? probably six, five to seven. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you think it's, more, it's on back to more on the seven side? Because I see this as a six from from my experience, and even from listening to you guys kind of talk to me. Yeah, I, I, I to clarify again, because I do feel like we've been pointing out the not so great things, and more so than highlighting all the great things in the game. I think what what we said at the top: this is a double A game. It's not a triple A game. Um, like Greg said, this is like the poster child for Game Pass, where. I'm I'm gonna fully admit, not sure I'd run out and spend fifty or sixty bucks to go. Yeah, it's it's a fifty dollar right? price tag, right? And yeah. I would I would say no, it is yeah. not worth fifty dollars. But being on Game Pass, I would absolutely say if you're a subscriber, go play it. It is you'll you'll get through it in eight hours, and you will enjoy the experience. Tim, like I said for you, it's so cliche. Get to the wheelchair. I think yeah. once you get to the wheelchair you will at least enjoy it enough that you'll want to see it to the end. You will want to see the conclusion of the story. I think, yeah, yeah. For, for reviews, it's going to be interesting because I think, you know, you're talking about how you feel about it, Tim, but like write reviews for the most part will have beaten it. That'll be their thing and they go through it. So do you get through it and see more or have you been annoyed by things before to stop you? And then I think on top of that, it's going to only appeal to such a select group anyway. I think, you know, I mean, if we were to go out and do a straw poll right now and who's played Layers of Fear and Blair Witch, right? You're finding a group that has either never played them or probably played them both right <laughs> and they're in that mood for that kind of thing like true yeah for this is such a greg game in the way of like oh it's about environments and it's about picking up things and just listening and i know that i am not like everybody in that regard a lot of people want to be doing things they don't want to just be clicking x and trying to figure out this stupid code but i enjoy that here so i think it's an interesting mix of what it's going to be and review scores i think i think they'd trend more towards the six range than the seven range yeah. yeah, I don't want to put it, yeah, six to seven area, but in all honesty, this is a good game, right? For me, when I look at this is we've done a really good job of avoiding the spoilers for the story, but the story is what kept me in this. I had a great time yeah. with the story. Yeah, I really enjoyed the mechanics and it is a showpiece for the console, right? To be able to switch in and out of that secondary world pretty quick and seamlessly is very impressive. And I think 
when I look at the horror genre as well, right? When you turn on your Xbox or PlayStation, you don't have many big time horror games that you can get lost in for a weekend. I think that's what makes it special as well for me. And of course, we'll get into the weird Game Pass discussion of you can't always rely on Game Pass, Game Pass this, Game Pass that, and hiding behind this Game Pass service, which it is a great service. And now it allows so many more people to check it out. But if this was you and I, Tim, sitting in a room and you were like, Mike, I got to spend $50 on this. Am I doing this? I'd say, no, Tim, you're going to wait for it to go on uh, sale. If you're looking for a fun horror game that you can play over a weekend and beat it in two or three nights, you're going to like this game and it's going to be fun because there's not many horror games out there where you can say that and truly enjoy it on the console side. And so that's where I'll put it on. It's a for sale game and it's a good game. It, yeah, I agree with you, Mike. And I think one of the things you just spelled out, but to drive it home, right, is like, yeah, we're harping on the things we didn't like because for me, the things I really liked would start getting into spoilers really quickly. Yeah, I agree. It, it's that idea of when Jen woke up, I couldn't wait to tell her more about it. And then we watched it. We played through it. And it was that thing of her watching and me playing and us doing that thing of like, wait, do you think that this me? Oh, does that mean? Wait, who? how does that? Know? And it was that I, I like that experience of slowly watching a mystery unravel and having that happen here. And I think that happens here in a really interesting way. And so that's, you know, back to Mike. I think I, I do enjoy it. I do recommend it on Game Pass. Uh, I don't recommend it for $50, but more than anything, I hope they get another crack at it because I would love to see what goes on with this character, right? Where where we go with this character in this world and with these learnings that they're going to get from all the reviews and criticism. Yeah, that's well said at the end because we've all beat it here. At the end, it says, no. hey, this was a work of love. This was created yeah. by a smaller team and we poured our heart and souls into it. No matter what you think of this, we want to hear your feedback. And to me, that gives me goosebumps just saying it right yes, now because I was I, like, I man, agree. this game was fun and this team kicked ass on this. And I hope that they get another shot, whether it be in this world or they continue to put out a horror game. Because like I said, I don't find enough horror games in our world over here that I can sit down, play and really enjoy and think, man, this is a banger right here. And so, yeah, I hope they do because this was good and they, they deserve some love. Yeah, absolutely they do because I feel like this small team made the game they wanted to make. And I think that's pretty important that it is a labor of love. It, it Again, it is a small team. This isn't some huge, big budget thing. And I think for what it is, it's worth your time if you pick it up to play it. But like we, we were saying earlier, the financials of, hey, am I going to spend 50 bucks on it? Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to recommend you go run out and spend $50 for it. I will say, yeah, if you're a sub on Game Pass, absolutely go play it right now. But I mean, overall, it is an enjoyable game. I think they've set up a world that I would like to see more of. And that's, 100%. that's the best compliment I can give them. I do want to see them get a chance to do more with this character in this world. Pretty exciting stuff. Anybody want to uh, put the cherry on top? Or are we all pretty happy with what we've said here for this one? I think Paris did it. He put the cherry uh, on top. I don't want to screw it up it now. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> no doubt. Well, thank you to Tim and Greg for joining us. We are going to continue on with the X-Cast. That was our hands-on experience with the medium coming out later this week for all of you to go check out. will be available on Game Pass. And also remember, it's your first true next-gen title on the Xbox Series X and S along with PC Beyond the ones, you will not be able to check this one out until later on uh, once you get that next console. So shout out to them. But thank you to Tim and Greg for joining us. Harris, let's take a word from our sponsors and then we'll return right now. The DualSense is a good controller. This week, we'd like to thank our sponsors, kicking off with ExpressVPN. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? 
but I didn't know this until recently, and it's taken my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Do you love anime? Because I love anime, and I'm always on the hunt for a new anime series. Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash kind of funny, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash kind of funny. Up next, we'd like to thank Freshly. Dinner can be complicated, and 2021 should be anything but. That's why Freshly is here. Their chef-made meals keep dinner delicious, simple, and better for you with nutritious ingredients in every dish. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door, no cooking required. Man, that sounds like a dream for 2021, and I love Freshly coming to my doorstep whenever I need it. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash kinda. Make eating better your New Year's resolution and get a special limited time offer. Go to Freshly.com slash kinda for $40 off your first two orders. Try Freshly now for a limited time and get $40 off your first two orders. Go to Freshly.com slash kinda to learn more. And now for our final sponsor of today's X-Cast, Me Undies. Let's talk about love. Yep, we're doing it. If there's one thing that got us through this past year, other than that sweet dog face video vibe into Fleetwood Mac, it is love. And that means being extra cheesy for Valentine's Day is okay. We'll allow it. Despite everything, we found new ways to match our daily lives together with the ones we love most. That's why Me Undies released their V-Day collection in undies, loungewear, and more. So you and your Valentine can match through it all. Show that special someone how much you care and say those three special words everyone wants to hear. Match my undies. And if you're single, no problem. Show yourself some love in something that makes you feel amazing because you deserve it. Me undies are made with sustainable, breathable, softer than soft fabric and available in a wide range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. I'm rocking my me undies right now and I'll tell you they are the greatest pair of underwear I have ever worn. And I know Tim Gettys loves their t-shirts, socks, and underwear as well. I can't wait to rock that V-Day collection loungewear because me and my special someone are going to be looking good. Me Undies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you'll get 15% off and free shipping. To get 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash KFGames. That's MeUndies.com slash KFGames. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you to our sponsors for this week's episode. It's Mike and Paris back again, and we're going to round out this episode with a couple of quick stories. Of course, Paris, we ended last week's episode on kind of a cliffhanger. We had a yeah. wild Friday over there. You came in late night and saved the day with a, a fun little cliff note for all of us. Of course, if we remember last Friday, Xbox and Team Microsoft decided to raise the price of Xbox Live Gold. That was a wild Friday afternoon after recording. Friday late night at around 9 p.m., they decided to reverse that call and they actually added a little 
extra to that pair. So I just wanted to talk about it with you and the sure. team here coming from the Xbox wire, because you know, I love to go directly from the source. They wrote, we messed up today and we're, and you were right to let us know. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience for free to play games. You will no longer need an Xbox live gold membership to play those games on Xbox. New and existing members can continue to enjoy Xbox Live Gold for the same prices they pay today. In the U.S., $9.99 for a month, $24.99 for three months, $39.99 for six months, and $59.99 for 12 months at retail. Paris, but I mean, of course, big moment here for Xbox to put that out, take in all the criticism, all the feedback. You did a really good job of saying, hey, let's be respectful to these guys and gals. You can voice your opinion in a nice, polite, and respectful manner so they understand, and they clearly heard, right? They listened, they came back, yeah, they changed totally. the call, and they actually added something in there. The free-to-play games, that's a big moment right there. What did you think of that, Paris? Oh, that's huge, and ironically enough, we were talking about that uh, in the episode uh, on last Friday, and they did it because they were the only ones that were not doing it. PlayStation does it, Nintendo does it, and obviously it's free-to-play on the PC. So it was good that they righted two wrongs immediately there was an immediate reaction to this they listened to the community and and reversed the price increase and you know they're fixing the free to play because i think i was even saying it on the uh and my dog's gonna bark <laughs> i think i was saying it there. i think i was saying this on the uh on the episode that like halo infinite you're saying that's free to play but you're gonna charge gold that doesn't make sense so now they've they've resolved that problem Fortnite, etc that problem's been resolved so good on them um it was unfortunate because they've had so much goodwill the past few years and they tempted disaster. see my dog agrees they tempted dog is disaster. Up, right <laughs> amazon uh they tempted disaster with that and uh i'm glad they they fixed it i'll go and, mute and let you respond that's all right. Well, that yeah, it was a big moment there, Paris. And I think you said it so well is we talked about it in the podcast of these free-to-play games and how when you look on the other side, technically Fortnite and on PC, on Fortnite, on PlayStation, it's all free-to-play, right? And so you look over here and we say, well, how is the biggest title, Halo Infinite, going to come out with a free-to-play multiplayer aspect, but you still have to pay for Xbox Live Gold? And we kind of hinted at it like, well, maybe six months down the road before this, maybe that line will change and that will change. And it's really cool to see them change it now, right? And they didn't have to do this at all. They could have just reversed the price. And I think everybody would have calmed and settled. But they also looked a little bit deeper. And I think that's the biggest moment we talked about, you and I and Gary, of where's the human elephant here? Where's that person coming out and having that discussion with everyone? And it clearly looked like they read the feedback. They took it in. And they took it a step further to address that, which I'm really impressed with. And it was a long afternoon. But the question now will be, Will they continue to face backlash? Will people keep that in their mind? Or will they say, you know what? They did right by me as a consumer here. And I'm ready to move forward with them after all the goodwill like you brought up, which was pretty interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's honestly, I think this is going to be a forgive but not forget situation. People were like, I'm happy that you did this. Let's move forward. But I mean, look, for me as a consumer, that's going to stick in the back of my head that wow, you really tried to double the price of this and you really were trying to steer people towards Game Pass instead of doing it the other way. Now, again, like I said during that last episode, feedback is important. Be respectful about it. You know, it's clear not everyone is going to, even inside of Microsoft, is going to agree with that. 
Um, ironically enough, I was in a clubhouse last night with Major Nelson and that came up in there. And, you know, he obviously kept it very high level, but he even said like, hey, it was it was a long day. That was a long Friday. And he even mentioned that night him and Phil Spencer were actually playing a game that night and discussing the whole issue and you know they wanted to make things right so again i like i said on twitter at at the time when it went down i'll say again good on leadership over at xbox for realizing that there was an issue and reacting quickly because look we're not perfect people are going to make mistakes companies are going to make mistakes but it's how you handle diversity how you handle an issue says a lot about the people over there so good on them Heck yeah, good on them, and uh, great stuff right there to go into the weekend after a wild Friday is right, Pear. So that was a lot of fun, and uh, I mean, not fun, but fun to see. A pretty cool experience there to see a big team like that change course so fast after so much feedback. And to add on to the free-to-play, I think is one of the biggest features right there, because they could have just reversed course on the pricing and not addressed that, but that extra layer is pretty cool. Yes. Another fun one coming in is Halo Infinite update is coming very, very soon, like this week, y'all. So get ready for that if you want to learn a little bit more of Halo Infinite. It actually started over on Reddit. A Reddit user posted a question that said, the lack of info is worrying me. He wrote, seriously, it's been a long time since we got something serious, and I hope everything at 343 is okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this kid wild right now? But guess what? The community manager, Brian Gerard, or community director at 343 Industries, Brian Gerard came in and he had a conversation about that. He said, hey, I'm just going to paraphrase some of the big highlight moments here. He said, hey, we gave you a big time update on December 8th, which we all know about, right? They came back after that big time May release or June, whatever date that was. And they said, we're going to come out with the game in fall. We're going to go back right hard to work. They also took two weeks off for the holidays, just like many of us did. So they're getting back into the flow of things. And he said a really cool one is, is we've committed to monthly high-level updates for the next Inside Infinite that's coming out this week. This month, they're talking with members of the Sandbox team to share some insights into their vision for Halo Infinite and the work they're doing. To manage expectations, this won't have a world premiere, big screenshots, or huge things like a date to announce, but our goal is to offer our community more context and insights into our team and the game we're making while we're all awaiting the larger beats and full marketing machine later this year. Now, Paris, really cool stuff. Two things, of course, the incredible team over there at 343, getting in the Reddit comments, talking with the you know users out there and keeping them informed. But a really fun one, we're going to get monthly updates of Halo Infinite starting later this week, and we get to look at the sandbox aspect of the game with that team, which I'm really excited about. So let's start off with the monthly updates. What do you think about that? The communication, is it key? Is that yes, what the gamers want? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> ever ever since they first revealed Halo Infinite, and obviously, you know, they talked about all the issues and they were going to delay it. I go, the best way to to engage with the community will be regular updates. So I think a monthly cadence of updates for this game is it's fantastic. That's what they should be doing at this early stage. You know, obviously, as we get closer to launch, I'm sure it'll increase, but this is good. And so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's a fun one, Paris, because I've always grown up with the show, don't tell, right? You go out there and you go to work and you show me what you got at the end. You don't got to tell me all about it. You don't got to keep me updated. But as I've grown in the gaming world and I've grown as a human being, I like having those updates. I like having that communication. And no matter how small or how large it is, 
it makes me feel like you care, right? It makes me as the gamer know that, hey, we're thinking about you and we're working really hard and we want you to be respectful to us and the team with your feedback, but we also want to keep you in the loop because we are doing some awesome things and for us to go radio silence till launch, in my mind, totally acceptable, but at the same time, that's what gamers want. We want to be in the loop. We want to know about it. So it is cool to say, we're going to do a monthly talk with you guys. Well, I think what Halo Infinite, just to be frank here, I think what Halo Infinite in particular they need to do this to reinstill confidence in, in the gaming community because, look, think whatever you want to think when they revealed it. Clearly, the game was not ready to come out in holiday 2020. So I'm glad that is taking they're taking an entire year, you know, to work on the game. But look, Craig is a meme for a reason, right? So you almost want to show an evolution from Craig the meme to Here's Craig in 2021. You know what I mean? So show here's what we're going to do with the multiplayer. Here are the things that we're doing with the campaign. Like you said, the sandbox team is going to start talking. Show us what that 30 seconds of fun loop is going to look like in Halo Infinite. And I know this is going to be high level stuff. So that stuff will come later. But the more you keep your community informed, especially with Halo, the more confidence they're going to have in this title by the time it comes out in November. And I've, I've been saying it for a while, even before they revealed Halo. They, Halo Infinite, they cannot screw this up. They just cannot. This is the flagship title for Xbox, and it it has to be amazing when it comes out. And they know that, which is again is why they delayed it a year. So um, I'm excited for it. I'm glad that that uh, Brian got on there and you know calm some some fears about not hearing anything. And hopefully, you know the information we do get will be exciting and uh, relevant for Halo fans. Yeah, I think the fun part is, is it should be very exciting and very relevant to Halo fans, at least in my eyes, right? When we talk about Halo Infinite, the platform, the semi-open world that we think yeah. they're building, right? We don't have much details, but from what we saw in that gameplay, right, this is going to be pretty open compared to what we've seen before. And when you say, we're bringing the sandbox team, I'm like, oh man, we're bringing the heavy hitters out pretty early here, right? I'm very excited to see what this team has looked at from the world on the ring of Halo and say, hey, this is what we were able to create. This is kind of the mission structure or this kind of gameplay game loop like you've talked about that we can create here. And this is how big it can be in our sandbox. And this is what different things can be from ambushes to enemy encampments to, you know, fellow Spartans down or you getting up on top of a, you know, different warthog or stealing a ghost. I'm really excited to see like, what do they have cooking up in this sandbox? What kind of toys have they thrown in there for me and my friends? go in there and play with because the sandbox is where it all begins it's almost like the foundation of what we're going to see here it is crazy to think we have or they have 20 years of data to go by 20 years of feedback of to go by with whatever the sandbox for halo infinite is going to be so as a halo fan i mean it it just i i'm excited i'm genuinely excited i i don't think i've talked about it enough here on xcast but I'm excited for Halo Infinite. I do have confidence that 343 is going to be able to pull this off. And a lot of that actually has to go with the delay because it showed they care. It shows that Xbox cares. They want this to be right. And some of the smartest people in the planet work for that company. So I'm really looking forward to this. I, I, I think we're going to be in for something special by the time it hits November. Really, really exciting stuff. And we get some news this week, right? So make sure to tune into that no matter where you are, if you're watching and listening. And remember, to manage expectations, I'll read it one more time. This won't have world premiere big screenshots or huge things like a date announcement, right? 
We're talking with the Sandbox team. And from a lot that I've seen over with the 343 team and a lot of their blog posts is there'll be some small screenshots, but there's going to be a lot of text, right? This is going to be an in-depth conversation that they're going to have with their team members. And it's going to be a lot of fun. If you dig deep and read through all of that, you're going to find some really cool details. And I can't wait to discuss it on our next X-Cast after this comes out. But uh, enough talking, Paris. Let's round out this episode with one of my favorites, of course, Game Pass or Play. I know you have a really special one. I got a fun one that I got to play all week. So, Paris, I'll kick it to you. What game have you been playing on Game Pass? And is it a pass or is it a play? What is it? I have been playing Donut County. I was going to talk about this last week before uh, the breaking news. And uh, great game. Uh, it, it was such a delight to play. It came out on Game Pass uh, last week. And uh, it's a short experience. You can probably do it two and a half, three hours at, at the most. But it's a nice self-contained story that uh, it, it, it's fun. And it's kind of that... I always screw the name up. Is it Katamari? Katamari. Yes, exactly. That, that's, uh -huh. kind, that's kind of the gameplay style of yeah. it. But it's fun, quick, self, self-contained experience, indie title on that you could get on Game Pass. And absolutely, this is a play. Oh, it's dope, Pear. So I took your recommendation. I actually played it last night in bed on my phone via xCloud. Yeah, yeah. So I had to raise you one extra one. And I loved every moment of it, Pear. So I saw you and Danny Pena talking about it. And I was like, I want to get in on this conversation. I want to play it. And from the moment, jump, right? There's the girl hanging out with her dog and she goes, the guy won't stop honking. And she's texting this cute raccoon. And I'm like, okay, the world's already got me here. And it's just like you said, very similar to Katamari where you're sucking everything up. But this time you actually have a hole and you're sucking everything down and your hole grows bigger and bigger. And it is fun to kind of puzzle solve the very small things that there are of like, mm -hmm. okay, take these five elements first and then go to that one, then go to this one because it is fun. And, Man, this is a good time, a very easy one, like you said, and I'm excited to jump in more. I probably played about an hour and a half last night, and I, I look forward to more of it, especially on the phone, right? This is a perfect xCloud game oh, to yeah, play, yeah, sit back, relax, whether you're at your desk, at school, at work, wherever you are. This is an easy one. It's not super taxing, and it looks good, too. So great recommendation there, Paris. I love it. Yeah, on the, great game. On the flip side, I... Paris, you know, I love multiplayer games. I love gaming with my friends. And there's always been a hole in my heart for Diablo, right? I love Diablo, but there's some games that are very similar to Diablo, some that are close, but not that good. And Torchlight 3 actually came onto Game Pass later on or earlier this week. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out with my friends because I hear it's similar to Diablo. Four of us can play together. And I was so pleasantly surprised at this, especially after Minecraft Dungeons, where I called it with Gary, like, baby's first uh, dungeon crawler, looter, slash, or whatever you want to call it. I think this is the next step up before Diablo, right? You have your Minecraft dungeons, and you can take your kids, you can take your friends, whoever it may be, and jump into Torchlight 3 and have that blast, right? Everybody creates their own unique character. You run around, and the cool part is it's your own loot, so we're not sharing loot and fighting over loot, What I know Gary Witter's daughter will love, and we all get to have our own, and we have these big world it's really big it's in depth has a lot of fun stuff and it even has like a base building mechanic in there so there's these extra layers of like yeah there's your diablo looter hacker slasher dungeon crawler but if you want to peel it back just a little bit hey we gave you a little bit more to sit down hang out relax they even got a season pass every game's got a season pass now you know that pass every game's got a season yeah. pass now but I, I really recommend this one whether you're playing solo or with four people it's on game pass now the online multiplayer works pretty flawlessly and i was very impressed with torchlight for my first experience with that 
No, that's that's great. I haven't played Torchlight three. Uh, I played the first two, but uh, like it's on Game Pass, so why not? And I uh, could get my kids involved and probably have a good time. No doubt about that. Well, Paris, this has been a fun episode. We got to talk all things the medium from Bloober Team releasing later this week. Our hands-on experiences. It was really fun, Paris. It was really cool to hear yours, Tim Gettys, and Greg Miller's thoughts on that and kind of share my thoughts with all of you because this being one of my first review processes here, it's interesting to feel so isolated because I can't talk with like my general friends and stuff, but also to be able to like text Greg and be like, yo, help me, Greg, what's happening? And him smile and like write back a couple words. And so it's cool to be like, hey, let's sit down for an hour and let's talk about it, right? Because I can't share my thoughts with anybody else yet. So it was a lot of fun to have you, Tim and Greg, join us this episode. And then talking Xbox Xbox Gold uh, subscriptions changing with the price and a little bit of Halo is always my favorite stuff. So thank you for joining me this week, Paris. Super Bowl, who do we got? What's the score? Tell me all about it. You already know who I'm picking. You already know who I'm picking. <laughs> I'm going to say Buccaneers 38, Kansas City Chiefs 34. A close one. Okay, I like it. The two goats going up against each other. Paris, what awesome stuff are you doing this week? Where can people find you? Let's get out of here. You can find me over at Gamertag Radio, and you can find me on social media at Vicious696. And all I will be doing for the next two weeks is basking in the glory of my team, going to the Super Bowl and hosting it. The first and only team. Pretty incredible stuff. A big moment right there. You can hear our producer, Barrett Courtney, crying in the background. He was cheering on the Packers, but guess what? They're out of here. Thank you to Barrett Courtney for always running the show. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and watching. I've been your host, Snowbike Mike. You can find me on all my social media channels at Snowbike Mike. And of course, we'll see you later. Thank you so much for watching. Peace. Peace.